Hi and welcome to the Psyche Podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Psyche Podcast. Hope you have had a good week. Uh, Mine has been good and I have been able to get back in the river Uh, wild swimming which I think I've mentioned before is something that I absolutely love to do Uh, so that has been so good for my self-care this week Um, and I'm really excited to share this episode with Jen where we're talking about self-love and all things loving yourself and the importance of that which I know is something that I have uh, also referenced before on the podcast Um, so I just wanted to pause for a moment at the start to think about what self-love is um and i'd encourage you to think for yourself what what does it mean to love yourself what would it look like to love yourself Uh, because i think that's a really important exercise to do because i think it's something that so many of us struggle with um, and jen really shares her own story um of this journey and her tips for how she was able to love herself and and build that self-love uh, but before we hear her suggestion, um, yeah, I think it's a good time to kind of pause and think for yourself, what what does it look like? What does it mean to you? Um, and uh, yeah, I love I love Jen's suggestion there. So um, I, I know you're going to get so much out of this episode. So let's dive in. Hi everyone, I'm really happy to welcome this week's guest, Jen, to the podcast. So Jen, welcome. And if you could tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, that would be great. Sure. So originally from Northern Virginia, right outside DC. I currently live in Dallas, Texas. Um, and, And my life journey really started several decades ago. And I I started to learn to live this double life when, um, when I started down a, a road of, of an eating disorder. And I, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was creating behaviors with myself of what I wanted people to see and what I didn't want them to see. Um, and, and it seemed to be fairly what I thought was, was innocent, uh, kind of a phase. But what I was doing was really creating a, a behavior in my life that when I woke up in my 30s and I was, uh, you know, working this corporate job, I had been, I was very successful. Everybody from the outside looking in saw, you know, a, a woman well put together and and behind the scenes, I was, was really a, a um, you know, I was a an alcoholic. I was very suicidal. I hated who I was. And, but what they saw was somebody who was physically fit and was a director and, and had a, you know, team reporting to her and had everything together. So, um, so who is Jen Sugarmeyer? I'm very proud to say that I have one life that I can share now, uh, but it's certainly been a journey getting here. So thank you for, for sharing that. And I think it's just a really clear reminder that, you know, when you look at someone and you think, you know, what's going on with them you have absolutely no idea what's what's really going on with them and I think sometimes people are so quick to judge other people um, and you have no idea what someone is is going through and what someone is experiencing yep absolutely yep 
And, th- and that's why for me, this has become so important to, to come out and, and speak up because I know that there are a lot of others like me. Um, and, and so I've become very, very vocal, including my, my book and, and all these things. So, uh, but, but we can get to that. So. Yeah, absolutely. And so you said that you had the, this kind of two lives that you were living and now you have one life that you're sharing. So how did you get from the two to the one that you have now. Yeah. And, and that was, that was really, it, it was a journey and I, and I struggled. I struggled when I had, you know, keeping up with, <laughs> keeping up with one life can be a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of things we deal with on a day to day. When you keep up with two, it's, it's maddening. Um, and it was something that I knew, you know, trying to, to break my addictions. I, I, I wanted, I couldn't have close friendships. I couldn't have close relationships because I, I couldn't, I didn't want people to see all the dysfunction. And at some point that just, it really starts to weigh on you. You, you, you're trying to keep up with these two lives and, um, and really it came down to, to seven words. So, so my journey, um, and I'll, and I'll keep it short. You're well, you're welcome to jump in and ask any questions, but, um, you know, I was going in and out of jail. I was going straight into the office, right from jail. I mean, I was literally practicing for speeches and, and knowing that I would get out around noon and I would have till three to get to the office. Like it would, that's not a manageable lifestyle and, um, you know, hospitals right to the office. I mean, just lots of pinpoints in my life that, oh, that probably should be your, uh, aha moment. But there were seven words, and this is really what bridged the gap for me to have one life. And uh, a gentleman, I finally had started dating. I said, okay, I'm going to give this a try. I'm ready to clean things up in my life. And and he saw right through me. He said, Jen, you need to learn to love yourself. And those were the seven words. And, um, and I committed to myself that day that I was going to do that. And that's really where my story begins on my new life. And uh, so a lot of things we can talk about in, in what happened after that. But that was really the pivotal moment for me when I decided that all of these things that I had tried in the past, you know, like hypnosis and, you know, just all these things that I tried to like get sober and whatever. But um, I had to look at the problem and the problem was me. And it was that I didn't love myself. I didn't respect myself. And so, so that's, that's led me to where I am today. Amazing. And, and I think that that self-love and the, the relationship that we have for ourselves is so important and, and so fundamental. And, and before he sort of saw through you and said that, had anyone else in your life or your employer or anyone noticed this double life? Because it sounds like, you know, if you're going from jail into the office, had anyone else said anything to you that just kind of hadn't had an effect? Um, so there were certainly people that had glimpses and I, you know, was very good about, Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I just didn't eat enough that day. So that justified that behavior or whatever. And, you know, you just kind of made up excuses for things, but at the level of the dysfunction, um, there may have been a couple suspicions, but, you know, I was more used to people saying, and that's not to say everyone in my life, but the, the response I got more often, um, was, was negative in nature. Do you remember what you did last night? Like, I can hear my ex-husband. He's like, ah, do you remember what you did last night? And I'm like, I don't know, but you're about to tell me, I'm pretty sure. So, you know, that was more of the response instead of kind of approaching it with love. There were people that expressed concern, but it was never in a way that kind of cracked me wide open and made me realize that, oh my gosh, I was going to be alone 
forever. I was never going to be that person that that five-year-old dreamed she was going to be. Like I was, I was going to have this life that I continue because I hated living in it. It was very toxic to live in. And, um, and I, I think it was a combination of kind of the significance that he played in my life. Not that he was, not that we were like in, in love or anything, but the fact that he was sort of this played this potential romantic relationship and that signified something that I wanted and I knew I wouldn't get. So I think it was a combination of that and his delivery that had never been done before. Because mm. I suppose it's quite getting really to the roots of what's happening. Whereas if it's, oh, do you know, do you remember what you did or the concern? Mm-hmm. That's more what's happening, you know, what's happening, but getting to the kind of the root. And, and had you realized that you didn't love yourself? Um, yeah, it wasn't anything that it was shocking, like, you know, but I had no idea to what level it, it extended. Um, and I think I had also created this false life for myself. I am six foot one and I absolutely love it hands down. And everybody who sees me, cause I wear heels, I'm so, so that's 185 centimeters just for conversion purposes and and I wear heels and I'm uh, and I love it I'm super confident and so a lot of people see this confident person and and I always wanted to write a book about you know being unique and embracing it and whatever and um so I had a lot of self-love in that area and I think that I almost that that love was so strong that it kind of masked everything else. Like I was like, no, I have self, but I really didn't. And, and I knew to some extent um, that I didn't, but I think my love for my height was so strong that that sort of, I was like, sure, I love myself. Right. And I, I, I just loved the fact that I was six mm-hmm. one. I just thought that was really cool, but everything else was needed a lot of work. And so once you'd realized that this is something that you needed to work on, what did you do to change that? How you felt about yourself? Yeah, I I started a whole lot of different things. Um, so first, the the gentleman and I we lasted about another two weeks, and um, which was fine. And because I committed to myself on that day, I, I I think I was in this like time warp, like twenty minutes. I just sat there while my head just spun. And once I got out of that, I told him, I said, I commit to you, I commit to us, and I commit to me. Um, that I will learn to love myself. That's literally what I said. And, and then I, you know, we didn't last, so I, I had more time, but, um, I, I just started going after and doing different things in my life. And, um, my favorite thing, and I tell people is I learned, I, I dated myself. And I mean, if you think about a relationship and what you do to get to learn that person, get to know that person. It's, you know, you do something special for them. You make them a nice, you know, figure out what their likes, their dislikes. You make them a nice dinner. You treat them to a nice, you know, you do nice things for each other. You say nice things. So I put, you know, post-it notes on my, my, whether I believe them or not, right. You are enough. You are like all my insecurities I put up on there and I reverse them. Like you are, cause I have this, like, I'm not blank enough syndrome. Like I'm not, mm-hmm pretty enough, skinny enough, like rich enough, like whatever. It doesn't matter. Like I just have this, I'm not enough syndrome. So I told myself I am enough. I am worth it. You know, I am a good friend. I am a, and I put all these things on my window and I did little things like in the shower. I had, I love me that I wrote in the shower. So every time it would fog up, I'm like, I love me, you know, just silly little things like that. And, um, and it, it, so I, I, I call it 
my date yourself program. Um, and, and it's, it's amazing. You know, once you really start to get to know who you are and you really have to, I had to become diligent in um, making that time for myself and self-reflecting. You know, how do I feel about this? Does this make me happy? Does this make me sad? Does this make me, you know, and, and just really getting intimate with myself, which was something that I never did. I mean, I masked my, my, um, my feelings with substances for decades. So I, I just never faced anything. And now here I was sober dating myself. It was like a whole lot, but that was one of the best things I've ever done and continue to do. I think the, uh, the, I, I am enough or I'm not enough syndrome is quite a, a common thing that a lot of people experience. And and I definitely second the um, the self-awareness and self-reflection as being really important for, for understanding yourself. But I think the, the idea of dating yourself is so interesting because I sort of talk a little bit about being a best friend to yourself and kind of being there for yourself and showing up for yourself and the way you talk to yourself. But um, And I've not thought of this idea of dating yourself and I, I love it, that idea of spending quality time with yourself and, and learning about yourself and... Yeah, so thank you for sharing that. And I suppose it's something I, I quite maybe do a little bit anyway. So I'll go nice places I want to go, even if it's just with myself, because I'm not going to not go because I've got no one to go with. So I'll go and I'll enjoy it for myself. And so I suppose that's a little bit like dating myself, <laughs> take myself to the theatre or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So did that feel quite awkward to start with, telling yourself this stuff that maybe you just didn't believe to begin with. Sure, sure, absolutely. I mean, I if you think about it, I mean, and I, and I look back and I, I do, I, I go back to my five-year-old self quite often. And I, you know, I was sort of this, I don't know, I guess, I, I think everybody at five is a little awkward in their own respect, right? You know, but <laughs> I had like the confidence of a lion, right? And I, I was like, I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to be on stage. Like I didn't have, like, I mean, I could hold a tune, but you know, I just, I had these big dreams for myself and, and somewhere along the way I lost that person. And somehow that brain that said, yes, you can said, no, you can't. And it was, I didn't know I was tall until, cause believe me, me being tall took a long time for me to accept. I didn't know I was tall until people started saying, oh my gosh, you're so tall or started pointing fingers at me or asking me why, why, why do you wear heels? Oh, I don't know. Why are you asking me? Oh, because I'm different. And so, you know what I mean? But like, at first I was like, this is great. This is amazing. But life piles on you. And it's not just what other people are telling you, but it's just, you get pulled here, you get pulled there. And then all of a sudden you've taken this, the, the joy of a child and you've layered it with life. And then all of a sudden I'm not enough. I can't be on stage. Like I can't, you know, and, and just that happens. So you are having to unravel all of that, but it's still there. So it, you know, it, 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 it does feel kind of awkward. It does feel kind of, but you are still that person. So you've just got to get your brain back and you have to flip it and reverse it because it, it took you decades or however old you are to, to get to where you are. But that doesn't mean that you can't reverse it. And that's all that this is, is, is life is all about how it's your perception. And if you believe that today is a beautiful day, even though it's gray outside, then it's a beautiful day. But if you say, man, today really sucks, then it is. So it's all perception. So it was awkward, but it's so worth it because if you can get to that place of euphoria with yourself, 
oh my gosh. I mean, you're how much time you spend with yourself? 24 hours a day. You might as well enjoy it, right? <laughs> mm, absolutely. And did you get to a certain point where you kind of recognized the, the euphoria with yourself? Um, mm -hmm. Is there like a time that you, that you realized, oh, actually, I love myself now? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of um, a, a lot of pinpoints with with my brain that I could see that I was making changes, right? And I, it was I was looking at because I, I take this holistic approach. Um, I've trademarked my program, um, and it's a holistic approach approach to my life. And so it's it's not just looking at myself, but um, you know, getting rid of my anger, you know, addressing positivity, the positivity you emit. And I remember I was talking to someone in the office one day, and we were talking about a situation that was um, I had purchased a piece of property, and and it was like a it was a mess, and 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 I was talking about it in a very positive way, and he said. Jen, I wish I had your rose colored glasses. And it was like in that moment, I'm like, oh my gosh. Cause I didn't talk about this property very positively when I started on this journey. I mean, it's, it's been financially a huge headache. I've had just a lot of things going on with it. And, um, you know, and I'm like, wow, I really am. And it, so it's, and, and I talk about the holistic life because, I, you know, it's, it's how I see myself. I'm like, wow, my my perception is rose colored, like how I'm looking at other things. It's rose colored. It's, and that to me was just such a huge statement because I I really I didn't walk around. I don't think anybody, you know, everybody thought I was pretty, you know, jovial and, and kind and and um but I definitely had that anger there and, um, and I just didn't talk about a lot of things positively. I didn't find the happy in all the situations. And so that was a, that was a big moment for me when he said that. Mm. And I suppose that's when it's, that change has embedded itself so that other people mm -hmm. can recognize it as well. And it, and it is almost like holding a mirror up to you and saying, look, look at how you've changed or how you've transformed. So, yeah. 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 So I'd love to hear more about your book, which is out this week. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. So the book is called Reset. And I had originally, um, I, I uh, work in IT. And my original thought was um, reset, like a hitting a reset button on a, on a, computer, like rebooting your internal operating system. And then I realized that was a little geeky, but anyway, that was the original thought for the book. And, um, but it became reset, uh, you know, along the lines of what, you know, what Webster dictionary would say It's just hitting the reset button on your life and kind of restarting over. And for me, that's, that's what I needed to do. Um, and, and I have trademarked my program and reset now stands for recognize, eliminate structure, elevate and transform. And through all of those five steps, that's exactly what I did to reclaim my life. Um, so the tagline is um, five steps to reclaim the life you thought you lost and learn to love yourself. So that's the premise of the entire book. So I take readers through and again, going back to, you know, me stepping out and, and talking about my own story. My story is my story, but I'm really no different than anyone else. And there's a lot of people that struggle with loss of identity and, and it, that can range from so many things or, 
or just not being satisfied with something in their life or just having life pile on them. And so I take the reader through exactly what I went through. Um, and I do talk about a lot of personal stories um, just to connect with the reader. And I write it to you. This isn't to somebody else. I am writing this directly to you. We are on this journey together. And, and it starts with exactly what I started with. It's, um, you know, first you need to say enough is enough. You need to commit. There are no more excuses and then start working through, you know, so that, that would be in the recognize, um, eliminating, okay. What are the things that are not serving you? What are not purposeful in your life? And let's start to eliminate those. Um, let's put structure and boundaries and put you as number one and then, um, elevate your life, finding your purpose, living in today. Um, and then the transform is how do you make this be a long term thing? Because I don't want people, I've read books and I'm like, and then, you know, you ask me a week later, I'm like, I don't know. I think I got maybe two points out of this. How can you make this a long term? How do you make that change forever? Because life is going to continue to pile on you. So, um, so those are the, those are kind of high level five, five steps, um, resets the name of the book, super excited. It launched this week and, and, and hit not only bestseller, but number one bestseller. So I was really, really happy and grateful for that. So it is found on Amazon, uh, right now and distributed in eBooks, uh, and a couple other avenues. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been an exciting week. Yeah. Amazing. And congratulations. Number one on the bestseller list is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for the, the overview, because I mean, I'm a real bookworm. I love books. And, and so I kind of like to know what they're about a little bit before I just go and kind of look at them and buy them. So I think that's really helpful to have the, you know, the kind of um, top level process overview. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. So I have some questions that I ask everyone that comes on the podcast and I'd love to hear your thoughts around these. So my first question is what always boosts your mood or what brings you joy in your life? Um, you know, I, I do like to stay physically active. Um, and that, I, I think that mind and body, uh, for me is very important. Um, I think also because I've, uh, you know, suffered from eating disorders that sort of keeps me level. Um, but I do get some level of, of euphoria out of, uh, just staying at, even if it's just a walk, like I don't need to be doing anything in, intense, just getting out fresh air. I love being around the lake. Um, to me, that's, that's my happy space. Amazing. And that's something that comes up so often on, on the podcast that being active and it, I think it just really shows how beneficial it is and how important it is. Mm -hmm. uh, so my next question is what makes life meaningful for you? Mm, good question. Um, you know, for, for me, it's, it's really giving back now. Um, I, for a, a very long time, I struggled with knowing that there was more that I could offer the world. Um, I, I know that I have a lot, um, a lot of things that are relatable and, and I am a very strong person that I know. And that's, I know that stepping out was the right thing. I was actually writing to my, uh, to my newsletter the other day about how I know that this was the right decision. Um, when I receive positive feedback about what I'm doing and the lives that I'm touching and people that I'm impacting, I know that I don't, I, I don't want to say sacrificial lamb. That sounds a little like way too extreme, but I think you understand what I mean, but kind of stepping out and being someone who says, look, I'm an alcoholic, you know, I've had an eating disorder, you know, I've been in jail, like all these things that, you know, aren't as socially mainstream, 
but that when people, when I get that feedback that I'm actually helping to positively impact people's lives, that's what gives it meaning and purpose for me. Mm. So I think there is, um, I think it's improving now, but there is this reluctance to talk about certain things in society because of shame attached to them. And, and some of the experiences that you've gone through are ones that quite often people will not want to talk about. So I think it's, um, it shows a massive courage on your part to sort of put your head above the parapet, that, that kind of thing. But it is so beneficial because then people who maybe don't feel as, you know, ready to uh, take that step, they can kind of, yeah, le- I guess, learn or um, develop that, that courage or that um, willingness to change from, from your experiences. So it's amazing that you're, that you're sharing what you've learned and, and what you've gone through. So Well, thank you. Yeah, that's that's the goal. So on the podcast, we talk a lot about mental wellness and well-being. And so I have two questions around this. So the first is, what does mental wellness mean to you? And then the second is how you look after your own mental well-being. What does mental wellness mean to me? Um, so, you know, I I think... And, and actually, um, one of the chapters in the in the book is is boundaries, right? And to me, it's it's staying in in this in this state of 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 happiness, um, and putting yourself first, and and not allowing a lot of these external things to impact you, um, not letting negativity creep in. Um, and, and actually I, I, um, so I'll say it here first. So I started writing my second book and it's just on boundaries and actually, um, you know, and I, I wrote about a situation that happened last week and, um, and it would have been very easy to have my mental wellness, you know, my mental health, um, kind of, uh, be compromised. And it was because I set up boundaries that I was able to keep it healthy. So to me, mental health, mental wellness is you staying in, in this positive state and, and not allowing negative forces to come in and, and compromise that. And, um, and it, it can be a struggle. It's something you have to work on, on daily. Um, and I think the second question was how, yeah, for yourself, how you look after your own yeah. And it's those boundaries. Um, and I, I talk about this in the book, uh, is putting standards in your life. For me, one of my standards is that I am number one. And so the boundaries are, no, I'm not going to allow that negativity. So maybe it's, you know, if somebody's starting to have a, a, you know, oh, I can't believe this just happened. First of all, I'm not going to be your partner in crime on that conversation. And if it does creep into my space, you get two minutes and then we change the topic, those kinds of things. So I really have to be aware when things are starting to happen, when my brain is starting to slip um, and, or, or when these things are starting to creep into my space and I have to put up those boundaries and, um, and, and sometimes that's removing yourself entirely and going on that walk, you know, those, those or whatever it is that, that, that brings you happiness. Um, you know, I will say, uh, one thing that, you know, for any of the listeners that, that might be helpful, um, I talk about trigger words and I did this with anger and anytime I felt like I would get angry, I kept these trigger words in my pocket. And what I mean by that is, um, I, I thought 
I, I wanted to have a word that reminded me of happiness. And so I thought, and it was the birth of my, um, my best friend's baby at the time. And so anytime I would start to feel something, I would say this child's name over and over and over and over. And, um, and it, it's like it, it level set me back. And, and so that was a very powerful thing that I did. Um, and so, you know, it's getting those boundaries in place, but I also think having trigger words are, are really helpful. So if you're starting to, to slip or negativity starting to creep in, if you just think of something that makes you happy, think about where you're at, think about what it feels like, your senses, what does it smell like? What is it, you know, all whatever, and, and put yourself there and help to pull yourself out of it. So that was a very helpful thing I did as well. Mm-hmm. That really helps to shift the focus, doesn't it? So having those things prepared, because I guess when you're in the moment, it can be hard to remove yourself if you don't have that plan for, right, if I'm feeling something I don't want to be feeling, this is what I will use. So like you said, it's already in your pocket that you can that you can use it. Um, and I'm already excited about your second book because boundaries are so important. And there's something that I think we can feel I don't know, maybe wary of and, you know, enforcing them sometimes that there can be that anxiety about enforcing them and what will people think if I say no and and all of that kind of thing. But for children in particular, and my background's in education, boundaries are what help them to feel safe by, you know, that's why they'll test the boundaries because actually if you hold the boundary, then they know what to expect and it's that safety thing. But I think as we get older, for some reason, we're like, oh, I know I can't say no to things because people think this of me. So I think it's it's such an important topic. So um, thank you for bringing it up. And yeah, I'm really excited about a whole book about boundaries. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. Uh, so my next question, we talk about mindset a lot on the, on the podcast. Um, so can you describe your own mindset? Uh, I would like to think it is it is very positive. Um, I've had a lot of reframing to do, and that's what a lot of the book is about. Um, I had to go through exercises where, and I walk the readers through this, where I will show what it looks like, you know, without gratitude and with gratitude or um, taking a situation and how I would have seen it with a negative mindset and bringing it over to a positive mindset. So, you know, it, it's, it's learning, you know, what do we control? What do we not control? There's a whole lot of things. And I, I won't throw too many things, uh, too many uh, piece, pieces into this conversation, but, um, but my mindset these days, I've really worked very hard to, to, to keep it positive. Um, and, and I, I tried to test it out with people too, you know, when I try to be, I want to say devil's advocate a little bit. Um, and you know, well, maybe that was just X, Y, Z and just try to throw in another thing into the conversation just to try to lighten what we naturally think. Like, I, th- I think sometimes we just get a little negative in nature and people will say, yeah, but I think this, and they really think that that's the reality. And, and so I, I try to spin it around in my mind and say, yeah, well, maybe, maybe actually it was just this, you know, and, and try to spin it around. So I think my, I think it has taken me a while, but I like to look at the glass half full. Um, and, and that really, it probably took me a good six to eight months to get there, but it's a great space to be in too. Just those rose colored glasses. Yeah. I mean, they sound great. And, you know, if you have the option between rose colored glasses and what the negative equivalent would be, I don't know what color they'd be, then 
you know, which one would you choose if, if you could? You know, I think most people would choose the rose-coloured ones, but maybe it, that six to eight months of work that you put in to get there can be off-putting for people and they can check out your book and then that can help them get there. And So my next question, um, I ask guests to leave the listeners with between one and three strategies that they can put in place in their life that are going to have a massive impact. So do you have a top one to three tips that you would share with anyone listening? Well, we talked about the trigger words, and I think that that's a very good, easy one. And so think about something that makes you happy. And again, all the feelings around it, because I want you to really think about when, so when you start to pull yourself up out of a situation, where are you? So the birth of my, my best friend's son, I mean, it was like happiness. Like I could feel his smooth little baby head, like, you know, just all the feels, right? Um, and when your blood pressure starts to rise, when you start thinking negative thoughts, when you start getting into self, you know, self-hate talk, you know, or I can't or whatever, you say that word. I think, I think that is, that is a very powerful thing. Again, going back to the date yourself and, and, and I, I don't want people to get confused with, yeah, but I'm married. How can I date myself? That is, that is, that is, that is these are two entirely different things. This is, I want you to treat you like you would date you. That's it. You hold yourself to a certain standard and you're just, this is, it comes down to you. And I, and I always tell people, be selfish about yourself. You know, because when you're at your best, you can give your best. So I know some people, you know, yeah, but I got three kids and I got two jobs and, you know, I got, I have all these things and, you know, yeah, but they need you to be at your best so that you can give your best. Right. And, and how do you be at your best? You, you treat yourself the way that you should be treated. Right. And, and so date yourself, do those little things. You don't have to go spend a lot of money. This is just take 30 minutes and take that walk. So you can clear your mind or whatever. Just find a little bit of time, make it, make it fit in your life. Um, okay. So trigger word, date yourself. Um, and, and I will say we, we didn't talk about this yet, but clutter, clutter is a huge thing. Um, and was actually one of the first things that I, I have a chapter called minimize to maximize. And I, I went after two things. Like what was the clutter that didn't serve any purpose? And then what were those toxic things in your life that you could get rid of? And if you think about a counter, like if you're going to clean a counter and the counter has just a ton of things all over it, it takes a long time to clear everything off, clean it all off, right? Or you end up just kind of cleaning around all the items and then it's like not really a clean counter because you can't really get to everything, right? If you're so, but if you, if you only have those things that you need on the counter, then it takes two minutes versus 10 minutes. So if we just have all these clutter, if we have all this clutter in our lives, then it's harder for us to, to see what's truly purposeful and we're just dealing with things. So I went through my life for people, places, things, and ideologies, all four of those areas. And I started to, you know, if I didn't wear this shirt, get it out of my closet. My, my necklaces, I got a t rid of a ton of necklaces. That was so liberating for me because I didn't have to go through all these necklaces and untangle them every day that I wasn't going to wear anyway. I just went down to five. I only need five. So just bring it down, you know, start to unclutter your life. And again, people, places, things, and ideologies and just see, A, what are those low-hanging fruit, those easy things to get rid of? And then What's toxic in your life that is weighing you down? Everything in the middle, don't worry about. Um, those can come at another time. But those are the three things that I would say is, is the trigger words, date yourself. 
and minimize those things in your life that really aren't serving you a purpose. Get rid of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that are really meaningful. Mm. Yeah, amazing. Thank you for those. And I think with the clutter, and I have a lot of clutter, I will say, <laughs> but it's um, it can be difficult to, to let go of these things. And I think, like you said, having that focus on what is serving you and and where you kind of want to be gives you that kind of focus for that decluttering exercise, doesn't it? It's, you know, mm-hmm. it, why am I holding on to this thing? And like you said, if I've got 500 necklaces that I'm never going to get a chance to wear all of them, then it's, yeah. Yeah, so thank you for that. Yeah. Um, so how can people connect with you if they'd like to sign up to your newsletter or, or find out more about you? Where can they find you? Absolutely. So I am the one, the only Jen Sugarmeyer and sugar is spelled with an E S U G E R. Um, so you really can Google me and find me, but I do have a website. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, uh, I have a newsletter. Um, I'm in Amazon. So yeah, Jen Sugarmeyer really is the key to all that. If you, if you spell it right. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of avenues to, to connect with me. Perfect. And we can put a link in the show notes so people can find you easily from there as well. And I'll make sure that your name is spelt right in the episode so people can reference there. Um, thank you so much, Dan. I've really enjoyed chatting to you and I'm definitely going to check out your book. Um, so thank you um, for joining us today and, and for sharing some of your experience. And Yes. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, you're very welcome. So thanks again to Jen for joining us. And we recorded this uh, a few months ago, I think now. So her book Reset is out now. Uh, And we'll put the link in the show notes so that you can find that and grab a copy if you are interested in finding out more about her model and resetting your own life. Um, Decluttering uh, is quite a funny one. Uh, It's something I mentioned about having a lot of clutter. And uh, next week I have the week off work. So originally it would have been, um, well, I would have been on holiday. Uh, Fortunately, I hadn't actually got to booking anything, Uh, but I'm off for the week and on near the top of my to-do list is spending some time actually decluttering. Um, I've been in that sort of state where you want to do something, but you're almost too busy to do it, or I'm giving myself excuses, excuses of being too busy, but I have a whole week off. So definitely within that time, I am going to spend some time decluttering my uh, personal space. So I'll give you an update on that in uh, two weeks time. Um, but uh, we do have in uh, in a future episode, uh, we haven't actually recorded the interview yet, but we will be joined by a decluttering expert. Uh, so <laughs> if it's something that is also uh, something that you have been thinking about, that's something to stay tuned for, but probably a little while in the future. Uh, because we haven't actually uh, scheduled what we've scheduled but we haven't had the interview yet so yeah that's that's everything for this week as always if you could rate review um, and subscribe the we are at 18 reviews on itunes which is fab but it'd be great to get a few more get to 20 is the next sort of milestone uh, because that really does help other people to find the show and yeah and remember we have our patreon site so if you want to access to bonus episodes uh, please do consider becoming a patron and that is www.patreon.com slash psyche wellbeing 
Next week, we have a bonus episode out on Monday, which is our third strategy roundup. Um, And I love doing these episodes of just pulling together all of the top tips from the previous uh, batch of guests uh, so that you can just have this boost of ideas of things that you can try out. So that's out Monday and then Wednesday's episode next week is so much fun. I'm really excited to share that. So uh, I won't tell you too much now um, and ruin the surprise, but um, definitely going to be a fun one to listen to. So have a good week, look after yourself and really think about your own self-love, dating yourself. um, And yeah, I'll speak to you next week. Bye.